back of After the Siren Podcast. This is episode four. I am one of your hosts, Nisha. And always joined by her wonderful co-host, Jarvis. Is that your new tagline? My yeah. wonderful co-host. Absolutely. It is, because am I not wonderful? You are. That's that's not a lie. Um, he's pretty wonderful most of the time. <laughs> How rude. How's your week been, Jarvis? Yeah, week's been good. Um out of lockdown, so getting back into a schedule again of waking up at a decent time and not... Yeah, what's one, that like? Yeah, Tell me I about know. it. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, going back to work is always fun. And then, you know, had a bit of fun on the weekend, a bit of wrestling. If people don't know, I'm a uh, professional wrestler, not um, actual fighting. It's the uh, choreographed, predetermined don't stuff. Don't tell them that bit. Well, I mean... <laughs> Make yourself every, sound real badass. No, well, I am a badass, so, you know, eat it. Um, but yeah, so you came to that, obviously. You were I there did. and watched that. Um, had a Great bit of fun. Show. Got beat up and the rest of the show actually looks pretty good from what I saw um, backstage. But yeah, it was a bit of fun. Um, I'm a bit sore still. Uh, but you know, what can I do? It's what I signed up for. Um, how's your week been, Nish? Um, it's been all right. Been a bit sick, unfortunately. Mm. Not COVID. Like to put that out there into the world. Yeah, I wouldn't be here if that was um, the case. Yeah, you wouldn't be. But, you know, antibiotics, painkillers, making me tired, all of the above. Um, and then, yeah, just... Me dealing with crying, Nisha. <laughs> That's fun, isn't it? Don't you have fun dealing with crying me? I mean, it wouldn't be the top of my priority things, but, you know, it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a, a bit of a shocker for me, but um, did ma- make it down to Jarvis's wrestling show, which was a bit of a highlight. Um, and then obviously what we're here to talk about, I sat down and watched some pretty cracking games of footy, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, um, from what I was able to see over the weekend, um, there were some really good games. Um, quick highlight review of like the games is just games to watch at least with probably the Carlton, uh, Richmond game. Definitely recommend. I think I put that up on our Instagram story yeah. just saying, if you're bored and you just want to watch some footy, that is one of the top games of AFLW I've seen. Um, Brisbane Lions, Adelaide Crows um, was a pretty decent game from what I watched. Um, yeah, if you want to watch an Erin Phillips masterclass. Yeah, she just dominated the, four the forward goals line. Four goals. Well, yeah. she's forward mid, so she was yes, doing it all. Yeah, she was even in the mid a few times and just getting the ball around. She even she took was... that pack mark three on one and she just plucked it out of the middle. So you, you can't stop her. She's yeah, a, she's a gun. gun. Um, and I think really the only other, I want to say probably good game was the Dogs, Melbourne. Um, Why was that good, Jarvis? <laughs> dogs won and put Melbourne uh, at a loss. So... Yeah, that's Dee's just my first person. loss of yeah. the season. So I'm glad we were able to put them down to peg and show them what for. St- that still makes my decision of the St. Kilda game against the Dogs was a fluke. So, um, <laughs> no bias. Uh, otherwise, we would be undefeated. Um, but that was a really good game as well. Really good contest. A lot of hard-hitting um, little spots. Too good. Uh, Fitzgerald. Ellie Blackburn yeah. is always absolute stars. Yeah. Um, throughout that. Do you game. have a top moment from the weekend? Oh well, you should because I that's should. what we do here. Yeah. Well, is that what we're doing now? Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's not from the Dogs Melbourne game. It's actually from the Carlton Richmond game. Um, after seeing Niche just rave about after um, my heart rate returned to a <laughs> safe level i was really glad you know what i was actually really glad i wasn't there to watch that game with you because i don't think i could have 
dealt with the screaming. I think and I would like, have cut the circulation off in your hand and squeezing it or um, something like that. Either that, it would have been just a roller coaster of emotions. You would have been like up and was it half time? You're up, so you would have been like, okay, we can do this still. And then by three quarter time, you're like, oh no, this is not. No, good. three quarter time. I still thought we had it. It was the start of the fourth. Yeah, nervous, when they kicked like two or three goals. You are right. Mum was upstairs and she said she could hear Dad and I <laughs> yelling at the footy. She said she could hear us yelling ball and all of yeah. that. So. It was just a classic Anyway, what day. was your top moment? Um, top moment, definitely want to put it out for your favourite uh, player in Carlton, Maddie Presparkis. We've been over this. I love Maddie. Oh, Gab no, Pound is Pound. my fave. I keep... <laughs> Gab Pound is my fave. When are you going to learn? <laughs> anyway, what anyway. did Maddie do? Tell me she, more. Well, what didn't she do? Um, she was everywhere. She was in the mid. She was in the, in the forward line. She kicked two goals, 19 disposals. Um, was probably she kicked two goals. Two goals? Yeah, she kicked two said? goals. Yeah. Yep. She took two goals. She's probably the most influential player for your side. Definitely. Um, she she that got game. that first goal when we were really struggling to get a run on and yeah. Richmond had kicked the first, I think, three goals of the match and then or maybe four goals, sorry. And um, then Maddie kicked two of our first three to get us going. So very yeah, worthy. So very worthy first um, yeah, highlight. She, she was just on a roll and obviously we'll get into the tackle that caused a bit of controversy later. Yes, um, but I don't but, want to talk about that now. We're in our highlight reel. So. Yeah, so, but you know, she just <laughs> was an absolute star and probably best on ground for that game for me personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you, Nish? What was your top footy moment of the week? Now, it's not very often that my top footy moment will come from a Collingwood representative just because of my Carlton bias. But you know, when my highlight is from Collingwood, it must have been bloody good. Absolutely. And my highlight, my top moment this week comes from Chloe Malloy. Now, I know um, you've been a bit of a fan of hers since we went to that round one game against Carlton. She kicked a few goals that night and you've loved her. Mm. Now, she's put out a real goal of the year contender with a snap from 40 metres out on a decent angle. So um, that was really, really exciting. Obviously, one of the first uh, AFLW games at Etihad Stadium. So she really capitalised on having a ground with no wind and she got two goals and 12 disposals that night and really played her role as a key forward on a night where accuracy was a bit of an issue we had north down the other end kicked zero goals eight behind so very disappointing for them but chloe scored 50 percent of the goals on the ground and that goal was something special if you haven't seen it it'll be all over the flw social media pages in fact i'll i'll go find it and i'll share it on our twitter and um put it out there for you guys to watch because i just think that one's worth watching and uh, definitely probably my pick for goal of the year so far. I know yeah. you're probably favouring Jess Fitzgerald's goal from the other week. Oh, but, yeah, um, I was actually going her run for that I one. Might, I might jump on the so. Chloe Malloy train for this particular uh, goal of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm watching it now and it's just... You know, <laughs> just a live Google. Just, just a live Google and she <laughs> absolutely... Ki- oh, she's actually killed that too. It was fantastic. It didn't look like it was going to make it for a second there too. Wow. Yeah, no, that was an absolute snap. I was like, so you've, it's got out. the Jarvis tick of approval, yeah. so we do recommend that you guys check out that. It's really, bloody really fantastic. Watched, it's a really good goal and she just kind of just snaps it out of nowhere. And that's what I think... I'm watching a lot more of the women's football... I think the my personal take on some of the things is one they've got to kick it off the ground more, and which I've seen a lot more lately from the probably the more um, elite teams. More I guess experience, the side, more experience. I guess. They you know have a bit of a toe tap to get that like a little bit more space, 
And the other one is just sometimes snapping it for goal. If you mm. think you've got the confidence. They sometimes overpossess and yeah, overhandle. Yeah, overhandle, try to get a bit more space where they can try to get a kick um, from a bit more out where there's a bit more room for the for them to go for goal. Um, but I think sometimes, like Malloy did there, just snap and go for it. You yeah. might as well take the opportunities while you have them because obviously th- there's only so many. Yeah, I think what you're, you're saying is a really good point. And I think it also comes from having what I call a footy brain and just being able to be so aware of what's around you and knowing I don't have time to pick up the ball. So I've got to toe tap it or kick it along the ground or I, you know, am going to cause more drama or do a hospital hand pass to my teammate if I don't just snap it for goal and have a go. So definitely comes with that footy brain and you see the players that, that have it. It's, it's the Ellie Blackburns. It's the Karen Paxman. It's the Kiara Bowers. It's all of them. They've got that footy brain and that's why they're just on that next level of uh, I guess AFLW stars, they're they're right at the top ranking points and and probably those are the names you'll be hearing called a lot on the best and fairest countdown. Yeah, just I think just a bit more experience from those teams and once they understand that and have that footy brain of uh, I'm on a run, I need a bit more space between me and my opponent mm. where I can try to outspeed them, give them a bit of yeah. give the ball a bit of a toe poke and then you're off to the races. Yes. Anyway, we've gone a bit off topic there from our top moments, but. All the same, we're loving seeing how the girls improve week to week and, and do pick up on what we've been pointing out in terms of being more aware. and Not that they're listening to this exactly. Oh, I'm sure we've got a really large fan base. It's all the <laughs> AFLW girls tuning in. If you're tuning in and you're an AFLW player, please let us know. We'd, we'd love to know. To get an interview or something <laughs> Definitely. Um, would be amazing if if we had that far of a reach but uh i'm not sure we're quite there yet <laughs> maybe eventually um talking about uh the uh women <laughs> as we the do the women the as, women's footy. as we do um the prankster twins um obviously the carlton richmond game um yeah it saw the hosking twins go up each uh, go up against each other for the first time ever in any sport can you believe it they're 20 i think they're 25 years old they've played football and netball me. their whole life and they've never been on opposing teams until well, last weekend. I would assume that they'd be were they mainly on the same team. Maybe that's maybe why they haven't faced off against each exactly, other. Exactly, because they've sisters. never been on opposing yeah. teams. Same netball, same football, all the way through. Well, now that they're on opposing t- uh, teams, they thought they would have a bit of fun and did a bit of a prank towards each other. Can you tell me what pranks they did to each other, Nish? So there was actually a series of pranks. Oh, it was a bit of a prank war almost. Ooh. So the girls lived together, and um. Sarah froze Jess's mouth guard and lanyard. So she put it in a nice big bucket and froze the whole bucket. So Jess couldn't get to training until her lanyard had melted out of the massive ice block. So we thought that was a pretty good way to kick off the prank war. Surely just use a hairdryer to like melt oh, it. Something like that. Bit. I mean, there were some pretty hot days this week. Hope yeah. You could have left it out in the sun. and <laughs> Or on the car for a On the car. That's a good one. Um, and to get her back, Jess then got Sarah's two Richmond polo shirts and um, she put a kettlebell in a in a bag and tied it up and dropped it to the bottom of the swimming pool. Oh, beautiful. So obviously <laughs> if, if Sarah wanted to get to training, she had to go for a bit of a pre-training swim, an un, unplanned pre-training swim. And I think the final prank that, that won Jess, who plays for Carlton, the prank war is that Jess put purple dye in sarah's shampoo 
which meant that Sarah was sporting a lovely purple hair colour on yeah. game day on yeah. Saturday. And when I was watching the game back, obviously Nisha's already seen the game before I set eyes on the, even the scores. Um, I looked at that hair colour and it looked like it was pretty even it didn't just look like oh yeah it's just a bit of purple dye it looked like she almost it looked died like professionally yeah, done professionally it was very even done. it was a nice like lilac color yeah so, uh in a, in a very post, suspect in a um i think half time or quarter time interview sarah said that uh she wouldn't be keeping the the purple hair but i honestly didn't think it was too bad so I just think that the fact that she's made it so even out of a shampoo bottle is is must have been a thorough enough. wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we think we gave Jess the points for the prank war, and then Jess also got the points on the weekend. So oh, yes. Jess is probably having a fantastic week. Double win. Double win. So we've got our second story, and McCartan, Paddy McCartan, is going to play VFL, and he eyes off a mid-season return to AFL. So if you don't know, Paddy McCartan was pick one in the 2014 drafts. He was selected by the Saints, yep. and he suffered eight concussions before being delisted at the end of 2019. That's pretty much been his story, and he's been a big part of this new concussion rule that's come into play. Um, and anyway, he's been signed with the Sydney VFL team or the Sydney, I'm not even sure if it's called the VFL Um, anymore, the Eastern, Southeastern, I don't know what it's called. The Sydney's reserve side, either way. I'll find it in a second. Yeah. He's doing a live Google. He's playing for the Sydney reserves. Sydney reserves. That's what it was called. Yes. So the Sydney reserves and obviously eyeing. The mid-season draft. Yeah. um, more than likely going to play for Sydney as his brother Tom um, is also currently playing yeah, for Sydney. His younger brother well. Tom is doing quite well there. Hopefully, no concussions for Tom. So, what's your thoughts on this one? Obviously, a highly touted pick going at number one in 2014. Just absolute horrid luck. Yeah, um, especially when he's only 24 now. So, he would have been, what was that? What was that like? It's been 18, just, yeah. so it would have been just 18. And in your first couple of years and you've got eight concussions, it's not not the greatest. Um, it's not the best. And concussions aren't are something in sports that are very should be taken very seriously. You see yeah. it as a very big thing in the um, NFL um, in America. You've seen um, the long-term effects. Re- effects. Yeah. I guess they're just starting to see now because those athletes that played... 40, 50 years ago and just had little treatment for their concussions, you know, they're starting to see the effects now. And um, obviously the AFL have just changed their concussion rules, meaning that um, if a player does not pass the on-site concussion test, they will need to take 12 days out of the sport now. So it used to just be a week or it used to just be a, a test on the day and then they wouldn't finish the game. Um, but now it's actually stretched out to 12 days, so it could mean that players miss up to two games, um, which is definitely something that AFL needed to implement, but you know something that could be... I guess more of a consequence for players that do end up with concussions. And the other question is how are they getting those concussions? If they are concussed in a tackle, it might mean more consequences for the tackler. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into some of that later um, with the concussion and with some of the MRO uh, 
stuff in a, at a later point throughout the podcast. But yeah, at the end, um, hopefully uh, McCartan can uh, secure that spot in the mid-season draft with Sydney and get back to playing and just enjoy footy again. He seems like he's really excited just to play football again. I mean, it's, it, it says here it's um, off the AFL website. It's been a thousand days since his last professional AFL game for the Saints. Yeah, I feel so like we've just—I feel like we've just never seen the best of him. So maybe you know, stepping down a peg or stepping down a level might give him a bit more confidence, and he can jump uh, back into good form. And we might see him back in that AFL system sooner rather than later, thanks to this new mid-season draft. Yes, and talking about St Kilda. Um, they have been plagued with injuries over There's this past week. There's something in the water at Moorabbin, <laughs> and it's not good. Um, so let's start off with the first one. Zach Jones is to uh, be sidelined for a little bit uh, due to a hamstring injury. He has always had a bit of... Um, it says here that he's probably be off for the first round, maybe the first two yeah, rounds. Yeah, start of, of the season, season I heard. Um, and this is his fifth hamstring injury. Obviously, it's probably just a tightening during preseason and something more or less minor but obviously with it being his fifth um injury for his hamstring it's probably something that needs a bit more tlc a bit more tender loving care uh, (laughs) before he can go out there and uh get back on the field yeah definitely one that you'd want to tread with caution because hamstring's not something you want to repeatedly injure badly particularly if you do a bad hamstring they can take you know, up to 10, 12 weeks to recover from. So if it's just a minor strain, they're going to tread with caution and he will miss the first couple of games of the season, at least the first game. Um, next, who, who's the next injury-plagued saint? Um, so the Ruckman, Rowan Marshall, is to miss uh, the 2021 start of the season as well with Zach Jones um, due to a stress injury in his foot. Um, again, this comes from the AFL website. Um they um, apparently they said uh, fortunately they uh, they haven't identified any um, fractures in the bone which is a good yeah. thing um, it's just probably more of a stress injury so they again like Zach Jones they're gonna call, uh, tread with caution try to manage the injury as best as possible so mm. they can get him playing in the start of the season when, as quick as possible yeah as well. when you see a key player like your number one Ruckman go down in Rowan Marshall that's definitely gonna I guess, impact the group. Obviously, they do a lot of training with each of their ruckmen and um, just, you know, developing plays and and working with the midfield group. So to see your big number one young ruckman, he's quite young and um, just really hitting his stride, to see him go down would definitely be a bit of a a downer for, for Rats and his Saints over there. What's the next injury? Um, okay, last, but definitely not least, uh, Ben Patton will miss the entire 2021 season yeah, due to a leg uh, break, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so during uh, a little bit of a practice match during the preseason, um, uh, Patton was brought down in a crushing tackle by um, Jared Ruffhead, ex-Hawthorne player, um, as they needed to feel... Uh, some numbers yeah, for the training practice match that yeah. they do in intro club match uh, due to all the kind of injuries that's been happening throughout the club at the moment yes so yeah broken left leg is not the best for ben um what's your takes on this niche well i just think that 
he, he's a bit of a speedster and it's definitely an asset to the team. You never want to see someone go out for a year before it's even started and they do all this work throughout preseason and then they don't even get to perform at the level for the year. Obviously a real shame for the Saints and for Ben, but um, I guess from now you just have to, you know, throw yourself into your rehab and your recovery. And of course, all of this injury news from the Saints comes on top of the news that we spoke about the other week of Jaron Geary and his uh, injuries. And he was also to miss the start of the season. So that's probably four Saints that you would put in their top 22 yeah, that definitely. are going to be missing from the round one side. So it's it's a decent list. And um, yeah, just going to see how Brett Ratton chooses from the remaining players as they just came to see... <laughs> seem to keep falling over and falling down. Again, so. I mean, the first two injuries, Zach Jones and um, uh, Rowan Marshall, they're only going to probably miss the first two games, maybe three mm-hmm. games at the at the most, I would assume. Um, so hopefully once they come back, St. Kilda can get a bit of a, a ball rolling again. Obviously, there's um, patterns out for the season. Season? Sh- season? <laughs> season. Um, so it's not the best, but hopefully... Come round four, come yeah. round five for the St Kilda club. Yeah. They uh, should will... see a few of their um, top players coming back, which exactly. will be very beneficial for them. So we're going to be touching on a little bit of what we talked about before with rough tackling and the MRO and a little bit of inconsistency that we've seen. Mm. So pretty much this comes off the back of Maddie Presparkus in the Carlton Richmond game. She's been offered a one match ban for a spear tackle on Sarah Hosking in that uh, game on Saturday. And it was a cool tackle. <laughs> it was a cool tackle. Um, we'll get into that later. Um but essentially, the MRO has deemed it rough contact. Yeah, a rough contact, a dangerous tackle. Yeah, and she's been offered the one-match ban. Now, if you watch the tackle and you had no other previous information about issues that the MRO had handled this season, you'd probably look at it and say, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It was a rough tackle. Um, she looked like she got spiked on the she, head, Sarah. She did look like she you know, slammed Sarah's head quite uh, harshly into the ground. She's just trying to get out the purple out of her hair, you know. <laughs> Possibly. She thought, no, this isn't a good look for you. <laughs> take it out, take um, it out. However, some things to note is that Sarah got up, took her free kick, and um, played out the rest of the match after going through a concussion test, which yeah. she passed. Yeah. So the interesting thing that this takes us back to is right back in episode one when we talked about... Ebony Marinoff and how her three-match ban was completely wiped and uh, she was free to play round one. Now, in that instance, Brid Stack was left with a broken neck due to the rough contact. And I just am starting to get a little bit frustrated and a little bit confused with where the MRO actually stand on this rough conduct and, and why they've chosen to stamp out Maddie Presparkus for a match when, you know, Sarah Hosking was fine in the end. She was free to play. It was an aggressive tackle, but she got a free kick for it. And I think, you know, if if what Ebony Marinoff did is nothing, then I think this is also nothing. What's your thoughts? Um, 
to play devil's advocate, um, is this uh, Press Parker's first incident with the MRO this season? It is not. So, she did receive a fine for an earlier uh, tackle in round two against uh, one of the Bulldogs players. So yeah, that's definitely that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something to ta- that they do take into consideration. Um, yeah. But you know, you've also seen players in the uh, men's game. Uh, in previous seasons, get multiple fines without getting a yeah that's, b- match ban. So that's what I'm a bit confused about as well. I think watching the tackle back, and I watched it back in like slow mo, pretty much in like point five speed, and it was a pretty rough tackle. Um, but it's just a bit. It is a bit confusing when you have. I understand that Press Parkers has gotten a couple of charges with the MRO this season. Just one other one. Just one other one. Sorry. Because <coughs> if she'd had um, a couple, then. But she, she got get... some last season, I'm assuming. No, yes? I don't think so. She, okay. I don't believe she got any last season. Well, then, yeah, it might have been the case where I was... A, I don't know. It's a bit weird. It's just confusing because what you're saying is correct. Um, when we talked about in episode one, you know, this tackle has left someone with a broken neck. And so, the whole season. And out. the whole season is out. But the person to get charged any for anything for it, they didn't yeah. get... The three match band got wiped clean. There was no even. Was there a fine for it as well? I don't. I don't remember, but I do. I would know assume that, there would be yeah. would have been some sort of fine for it, but that was like the harshest it was for a broken neck. So it's just a bit confusing what the MRO are doing. Um, and again, some of the tackles I think this season that have been charged, I don't think have been justified either. I think that the girls have been left a little bit confused, and yeah. they don't even know how to tackle legally anymore because they're being told to bring aggression and they're being told to play rough and tough like the men and they're always constantly being compared to the men. However, when they bring that level of intensity and maybe slip a bit high or go a little bit too hard, they're instantly punished for it and they don't know where the line is where this is a ban and this isn't. Like It's just a little bit... Uh, confusing to me because a tackle or a bump that can break someone's neck is scot-free and uh, a tackle where someone is able to get up and play and have no issues is a ban and obviously a ban would rule Maddie Press Barkas who's the reigning best and fairest player it would rule her out of this season's best and fairest entirely yeah and it's just it's a bit annoying because she is I mean, for you especially, you don't want to see her out for a single game this season because she is just that good. Um, but when it's just, I'm just confused with it all because again, it was a good tackle, and it's not like um, Hoskin was out for the rest of the game. She came back in after the um, concussion test, completely fine, played out the rest of the game, um, but. There was it, it's a match ban, which is a lot more devastating than just a fine. Okay, you have to pay a bit of money. Yes, it sucks, but it doesn't it, impact your season. It doesn't impact your season where mm. this is going to impact Press Parks' season. So, I think the MRO just need to have this rule book and have this almost checklist going. Okay, is this okay to have a one match ban? No. Yeah. Did it? Did it tick this box? Yeah. This box? This box? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, 
one more thing I'd just like to touch on. There were a few other members of the AFLW that were charged with fines. Um, yeah. So Bonnie Toogood was charged with a rough conduct, a, a dangerous tackle. Hannah Dunn was uh, charged with careless contact with an umpire. And Dari Bannister from Melbourne was charged with rough contact as well. Sorry? Did you say Melbourne? Oh, North sorry. North yeah. Melbourne. North sorry. Melbourne. From North. Um, so Dari Bannister from North Melbourne was charged with rough contact. So um, there's definitely... They keep you know, it on top of it. Keeping on top of it, but it's just what separates a, a fine and a one-match ban, I think, I'm confused. You're confused. I might even put a little poll up on our story and see what everyone thinks. Should she just get a fine or should she get a match ban? Um, we'll just have to and see, I guess, how the season plays out. And we'll also see if Carlton appeal this because I think it's worth an appeal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth an appeal. And it would be interesting with, you know, if, say, Too Good does another careless tackle or a dangerous tackle. Um, if she gets a match ban, because this is her first offence, much mm. much like how Chris Parkes' first offence was the week before, with uh, a couple weeks before with the dogs. So it'll be interesting if Too Good, for example, does another dangerous tackle. Will she get another match ban, or will she just be getting another fine? It that's where we have to kind of be. The MRO has to be set in what they're doing, yeah. not just flip things because of the sake of it. Yeah, I think bottom line, we're confused. Maddie Bruce Parkers is probably confused. Sarah Hosking's probably confused because she got spear tackled into the ground. And, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's and fine. She's got purple <laughs> hair all of a sudden. She's like, pranked. what's happening to the world? My things are frozen underwater. <laughs> oh, but um, I think that the MRO, if, if they're going to be taken seriously by supporters and you know, they don't want a lot of angry letters in their mailbox. They they do need to be really consistent with their yeah. calls. And I think it all goes back to that Ebony Marinoff tackle and did they make the right decision there? Because that's really the, the point that I'm I'm going off of. And um, yeah, if if she was charged with her three matches, I, I would be more understanding of this. But um, I am a little frustrated. I am confused. Don't want to go into it too much more because it, it the could... waterworks <laughs> might come out. This might get a bit. Maddie, we here. need you. <laughs> I'm the one that's going to have to get abused. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. Okay, well, talking about harsh, um, let's go into the round five tips uh, for the week uh, because obviously last week you were harshly dropped on your head with the tips you did. All right, I was um, spear tackled. You were spear tackled. Um, out of the round four contention for the tipping. Yes, Jarvis has taken a bit of a lead in our tipping competition. I, I have Not no that... idea how because uh, he's been watching highlights and, and I've well, been studying how, games. How, <laughs> I have been studying games too. Don't you think I have not been watching the football? Um, oh. But yeah, I think everything that I... Uh, we differed on I won, which pretty means that I won last week. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been really keeping score. I should go back and listen to all the podcasts and get all the tips and count it all up. But I yes. think it's hard with the COVID um, switching all the games. No, up in now the last that second. he's in front, he'll go back and yeah, count I will the score. go. <laughs> I will go back and count the scores. So competitive next nature coming next, out. Next week, I'll come back and I'll have the 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 tally and see what the goal is. All right. What's the first match of the round? First match of the round is going to be Geelong Cats coming off their another loss. Um, against Richmond, who's coming off another loss. So, so it's going to be the first win of the season yeah. for either of these teams. Definitely. Both teams have not won a game yet. Who have you got? Um, 
I was really impressed with the way Richmond handled themselves against Carlton and was able to put up such a great fight. Um, I think I'm going to go Richmond. I think it's going to be their time. I don't think Cats have got the legs to do um, the four quarters at the moment. Mm. I think they still need a couple more preseasons in them to um, get that experience and get that endurance to get to the end of the fourth quarter and still be able to maybe do another quarter and a half. And Um, I think that's what we're just starting to see from Richmond now, their ability to go the four quarters. So with that being said, I'll also go with the Tigers. Not just copying you because you're in front, but... um, And always right. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Well, what's the next uh, matchup? Next matchup is your dogs hosting the Giants. Who you got, Niche? Got the dogs. <laughs> why? Why are you gonna have such like a, a stank on it? It's. I mean, we're just front runners for the flag. What can I say? Uh, I just, I just <laughs> think this is a nice lucky draw for you. The the Giants are actually coming off a win and yeah, um, a pretty pretty good win too against the Eagles. Yeah, definitely. Um, however, I just think the dogs at home they haven't lost a game there. No, they haven't. Um, they're really, really coming along strongly. Izzy Huntington has not dropped the ball since I made her as my top moment last week. Yep. Um, then you got Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald is Ellie Back- impro- Blackburn improving has been, strides. Has oh. been a star, so I don't think there's no way I can go against the dogs here either. So I'm going to go with them. Um, I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Obviously, Giants play a bit of a scrappy game. Um, so I'll be interested to see how uh, the dogs respond to to that style yeah. because we are a bit more, a bit cleaner in the I th- midfield. I think everywhere. one more thing to note is the dogs uh, saw the return of Hannah Scott mm. this week. Um, she's one of their premiership um, defenders really, yeah, and really, really just filled the holes and was able to take their, the key forward of um, Melbourne in Tegan Cunningham. And yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much just having her back really rounds out your side and gives you, a nice strong defense because you already had that midfield run going and and that forward line had you know Izzy Huntington and Jess Fitzgerald and Brooke Lockland and uh, Kirsten McLeod running around so you're definitely stocked up forward but bringing Hannah Scott back in gives you a little bit more down back yeah um so the next matchup is going to be the undefeated Fremantle Dockers versus the newly defeated uh <laughs> Brisbane Lions um niche who you got for this uh this big clash between the Dockers and the uh, Lions. Frio all the way. I feel like I'm... <laughs> a broken record? A broken record. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I couldn't think of it. A broken record. I just think Frio are probably the most cohesive side mm. in that they are just able to understand what each other is doing. Um, Kiara Bowers is a bloody superstar, and I just think that the Lions are starting to show a little few little cracks also taking the the trip out west are the lions so yeah freya do have that home ground advantage won't have to travel and i just think they're looking fresh they're looking fire gonna be tough to beat who you got yeah i'm the same this is uh, i think the fourth um home ground advantage for the Fremantle dockers out of the five rounds that have been so um showing that they can defeat pretty much any side at the moment especially after that dominant victory um, against the Suns and the previous week against the Adelaide Crows, who were very a very good side up until that um, game, um, where they were able to show the cracks. So I don't think 
Brisbane um, coming off that loss. They might go try to go for an upset, but I don't think Frio is going to let it happen. I think Frio are going to definitely win that game. Mm. The next game, down in Tasmania, they're heading Ooh. heading down south. It will be North Melbourne hosting my Blues. Who have you got, Jarvis? It's um, it's an interesting matchup because lately the last two rounds, the Kangas have fallen off a little bit. Um, and the Blues have picked up. And the Blues have picked up. Um, obviously, Presparkus more than likely might not be in the side, which is a bit of a blow to Carlton. Um, definitely one of their key players, but I might back the Blues for this one. I don't think North... I think it'll be a good matchup, hopefully. It's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm interested to see if North can bounce back over the past couple rounds of um, them not doing the best. But I just think Blues are on the roll at the moment, and I don't think they're going to let the Kangas disrespect them. Mm. And uh, Carlton's going to pick up that victory. What about you? Um, I think I will also back my Blues. We're going a bit... Um the same same this week yeah um i'm gonna back my blues even knowing that uh Presparkus may not be out there on the field for us this weekend we do have other midfield stocks that have really stood up in uh grace egan has been fantastic all year um we've got lucy mcavoy that's come into the side and since uh round three she has been really using the ball wisely. She's one of those players I think has a bit of a footy brain, knows exactly what she's doing. Um, And then Jess Hosking, throw her into the midfield and it's still got talent to burn. So I think that, um, you know, we might be able to compete strongly with North in the mid. And then uh, once it gets forward, we're we're pretty talented down there with Darcy Vessio and Taylor Harris. I can't say those names without smiling because they're just bringing so much joy to the footy community at the moment with uh, Darcy flying over packs and Taylor kicking goals from outside 50. So uh, I'm going to back the Blues and I'll, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> yeah, going on, uh, uh, we've got the Crows versus the Saints. Uh, who have you got for that? Um, this was, I think, a bit of a harder matchup. I think the Crows um, beating the Lions, who were undefeated, um, coming into round four a is a, a, big, a bit of a statement, especially after the Crows... Um, dominant loss to uh, the Dockers the previous week before that really showed up and I think you know I think it's our like time to shine I don't, with uh, Randall and um, oh, damn it who Phillips. was Phillips Phillips game from uh, the other night was Queen a- Phillips absolute, <laughs> absolute stunning she kicked four goals there so I don't think St Kilda might be able to stop this one so I'm going to go with the Crows I think that it is seriously We're thinking a lot today. <laughs> a battle between the younger up and coming side in St Kilda. I think they have a really young side with Patrikios and um, Tiny Smith in the middle. Um, I think that Adelaide's experience will push them over the edge and give them an advantage. But I want us to differ, so I'm going to go with St Kilda. So okay, if you're okay to lose. I think that they still have talent. I think that they um, have a really good defense with Ree Watt down there. And, you know, I just don't want us to be entirely the same. So keep it interesting. All right. Collingwood versus Melbourne. I'm going to go first on this one. Okay, go. Tell me Tell me your uh, your tip for this one. I'm she's got go. no idea who she's <laughs> going for. She's making this up on the spot, ladies and gentlemen. I may or may not be. Um... 
I'm going to go with Collingwood undefeated. I, I can't go past him. Um, hey, that's what you said about Melbourne last week against the Dogs. Now look at them. That's true. That is true. Melbourne could very well bounce back. They've got an elite midfield, but as do the Pies with Bree Davey running around in there. Yeah. Cannot stop her at the moment. 31 disposals on the weekend. So um, I'm going to give her and her Pies a, a backing in this weekend. Who have you got? I think I'm going to go Melbourne. I think Collingwood's time is up for their win streak. I do yeah. I honestly think that they will... Have they... Has Collingwood really faced a dominant side? I mean, the face Kangas was able to beat them out. Face Richmond in round three. Geelong. Geelong. They've had a pretty and easy... Carlton. And Carlton. And the Carlton game was a bit, you know... The Carlton, Interesting. Yeah, Carlton could have won we did, that. We forgot that the game started at <laughs> 7.15 and yeah. we didn't rock up um, till after halftime. So I think this might be the best, best challenge... Uh, for Collingwood yet um, Melbourne are quite a fierce side and even though they did lose against Dogs last week um, does not mean they're a terrible team I think they're one of the best teams in the comp at the moment with their side um, I think if Cunningham is able to get on the scoreboard it will definitely uh, shape out for a Melbourne victory so I'm going to go also with I think they'll be welcoming Kate Hall back as well oh okay well that'll be yeah that'll be kind of big for them as well I think this would definitely be I mean, I think I might have said this last week when they were going to face Kangaroos, but I think this is definitely going to be the test of the Collingwood side um, to see if they can stand with the best of the best, and I think the best of the best is Melbourne. All right. Last game of the round, we've got the Eagles and the Suns. Who you got? Um, has Eagles won a game? <laughs> no, neither team. Has. Now that so this is the first going to be the first win for either team. I believe so. Or did the Suns? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. No, they've been getting smashed across <laughs> the board. I think Suns lost by forty nine points to Fremantle. Uh, yeah, they've been losing a whole bunch. Uh, Suns. So I think it's going to be the Eagles that are going to win. <laughs> um, I think Eagles have had a bit more of a showing against teams, um, especially lower teams like GWS and, um, I'm trying to think who else they played. Uh, they, you know, even though it was a bit of scrappy weather, the Dockers game was still pretty well done by the Eagles. Um, and they've had a pretty hard season as well. I think this might be the, not the easiest matchup, but like one of their, um, more winnable, more more winnable matchups. I'm definitely going to go with the Eagles. I don't think the Suns, the Suns need a few more preseasons, much like uh, Geelong and Richmond, um, to kind of get that endurance and be able to run out the four quarters. Mm. I I see where you're coming from, but I think that the Eagles are in a little bit of trouble in their midfield. I think I since Dana Hooker's come out of the side, they don't really have that star big ball winner. Um, and I'm going to go with the Suns. I think that they've got a little bit more talent running through. I think Kalinda Howarth and Sarah Perkins up forward are doing a really good job. Um, it'll just be, I think, I think it could go either way. Yeah, I'll I think just it could go, definitely go either way. I think, um, you know, knowing that the Eagles have the home ground, that is a bit of an advantage for them. I think the Suns will look at this as an opportunity and, and really try and bounce back because we saw early in the season they were able to push Melbourne for a half and I think if they can you know put a good four quarters in they have a really good shot yeah 
But, I don't know, I'm looking back at the Suns, kind of, how they've gone. They've only really done well against Melbourne. Every other team, they've, they scored two points against the Lions. They scored eight points against GWS, who you would think would be a bit of an easier opponent mm, for them. That was in them, like, monsoon. That, yeah, that like. is true. And then they've only got, they only got a goal against Fremantle. So they're not a very scoring team. So I feel like this game will be very low scoring. Mm. Um, so it'll probably be down to the nuts and bolts of it all. Very interesting. Definitely tune in on Sunday afternoon to see who can take the chocolates there. That just about wraps us up for this week's episode. Um, If you would like to follow us through our social media, you can find us on Instagram at After the Siren Podcast. And if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at After the Siren underscore. Just like to thank you a lot for your support. Um, we've had a lot of listeners tuning in over the past few weeks and we are loving producing content for all of you. Um, please engage with our posts and our Instagram. We love hearing from you guys and hearing your feedback and your support. And um, if you would like to follow our individual Instagrams, you can find them in the description. Jarvis, anything yes. you'd like to add? I feel like I've um, just listed off all the housekeeping. I think so. I don't really have too much to add. Uh, be safe. Um, don't die in the weather that is forever changing in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Um, if, you, if you are listening from Melbourne, the weather has been, been um, has been a topic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's pretty much done for the week. A salad wrap. With the wrap.